What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Tag Talk and another episode of our special guest series. This is episode five, six, maybe something like that. But I'm really excited for this episode one because it's FTR finally back. I wore my FTR shirt special for this occasion. And two, because I'm joined by, you know, a close friend of mine. I'm joined by Rob. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself in a minute. But before I do that, I just want to do general housekeeping things so just a reminder if you want your question or your statement if it's appropriate read on air submit a super chat we'll read every super chat as long as it's appropriate and as long as you aren't caden uh, <laughs> i don't even know caden's here but just a heads up about that also this is our special guest series every week i'll be joined by one or two special guests last week Haley joined us Haley's our normal host but that was a one-time thing. Haley is still working through her things. So send her love on Twitter. I think that's all the reminders I had. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Rob. Tell the people all about you. Hello. My name is Rob Wilkins. I host, I co-host a show on Friday. It's right here on Fightful Overbook called Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. And then I'm on Fightful.com quite a bit. I do some things here and there for Fightful.com, one of the writers. Not not full-time like Jeremy Lambert. I don't do the, the masterful headlines that you see, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do quite a bit there. I do a lot of the social media stuff, and um, I do some – I just kind of do whatever they need. So I'm just around. I do uh, the pre-shows on Fightful Select. I do um, some retro reviews here and there. So I just have a lot of – just a lot of fun. So I'm just – I'm just the uh, utility player for Fightful. I just do or, do whatever they need me to do, um, and and you do it well. Like you you do you work very hard. I I got to give you your props for that. Well, I appreciate that. I, I I I just love being a part of the team, as I call it. So it's uh it's it's great. So just being here for a few years now, starting with social media and just doing other things, right, getting myself like from going to live cover live coverage and to doing mm-hmm. 
watch alongs and little things like that. It's, it's fun. So just being somebody they trust to go to for things like that, it's, it's a big deal for me. So I'm just, I love being the, doing this and um, being able to do a show with Maggie, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my closest friends. And she's the best. Yeah. I, I'm a lucky guy. I love just being part of the, the fightful fam as Alex would say, Alex Pulowski would say. So it's just <laughs> great to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited when, you know, all of it happened and I was booking guests and trying to keep Tack Talk going. You were the one of the one of the first people who reached out to see if I needed anything. So I really appreciate that. And also coexisting is one of my favorite shows. It's you and Maggie are just incredible people and you just have great chemistry. I love coexisting. Everybody, if you don't watch coexisting, you need to go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it we, we have fun. And you like like your show, you can download the podcast, give it a try or watch it anytime. It's it's fun. So like I, I can't always watch our overbooked shows live, but I always watch them or listen to them one way or another. So it's it's good stuff. We we like it. So we have a couple super chats. The Pro Wrestling Podcast, who is like a CM Punk magnet on Instagram. Uh, don't know if this is appropriate, but will you read this question? I did. Thank you. Uh, and then Ryan with his dad jokes. I loved his dad jokes. What tag team is a pirate's favorite? FTR. Did you make that one up or did you FTR. steal that? FTR. There you go. That's what you <laughs> did. You got to, yeah, you got to do the dad, dad joke thing. It's like, where does the pirate's favorite place to eat? Arby's. So I've never heard that one. Yeah. I thought I heard all the pirate ones. Yeah, that, there's that one. And then what did the pirate say to the beautiful lady? Are you free Saturday night? So there, those are the two that I know. <laughs> what is this? All these people who just know all these dad jokes. I got nothing. If yeah. you ask me to make to come up with a joke to tell you a joke, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I do some jokes like on Fridays, but other than that, like I I tell them and then they're like completely forget about yep, it. Yep, uh, they're they're gone. So. I got to get like a joke book and I got to just have it ready to go so I can have my jokes every I, that way I can be better than Ryan's jokes. Ryan, uh, sometimes your jokes are not great. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, with <laughs> Ryan, he, he's good with them, but it's the puns that get me. So the puns, yeah. I don't know. I just don't have a brain for it. Some people, they make, you know, play on words, like funny things like that. Not me. Yeah. But I, I got to steal them. Yeah, I once I I get occasional ones, but other than that, it just doesn't work for me. Me either. Ryan says he did make it up. Interesting. How long did it take you to do that? Uh, so before we get too far off the rails here, I just want to go over what we're doing today. We're just going to talk about Revolution. I'm going to talk about FTR a lot because I am very very excited that FTR is back. Um, and I'm also very, very excited that they're back and in the title picture, which to me, that says FTR is going for eight stars. And I'm really excited about that. Um, would I, am I happy that it's against the guns? Probably not, but that's fine. We'll make it work. Um, and I ultimately hope that is building to FTR Young Bucks again. I'm really, really excited about that. So let's just start there then, because I think, that people want to know about FTR. So FTR's return, it was good. Basically, the tag match to me was like, it was whatever, the four-way tag match. It was the Guns, the Acclaim, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. It was fun. Like, there were some really cool spots. The Guns, of course, won, which I was, 
I was not expecting, I'll be honest, because I wasn't expecting FTR's return. But with FTR's return, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but they came. They came back. Their music hit. They got a big pop. The crowd was very excited to see them, which I expected they would be. And now FTR's back, and they're coming for the guns. They're gunning for the guns. And I'm so happy with it. What are your What are your thoughts, Rob, about FTR and their return? Oh, well, when they came back, I was obviously very, very happy, man. Uh, I love those guys. I It was a... Uh... It was a relief, I guess you'd say, like just to see them back, you know, like it's there are certain tag teams that I've always just loved. And they were the first tag team that I've ever compared to uh, in the 80s that I ever compared to like the Heart Foundation and the Brain Busters. They had both they had both they had both um, they, they resembled both teams so much and it was just so cool to me because when i found out this was before i even knew they were big fans of both of those teams i even like thought about that like how before like i just like these guys remind me of the heart foundation and the brain buster so much like in a way and then later when i'd hear in an interview like when they were still with wwe they talked about how like one time they were talking about arn anderson how much they loved his wrestling and they Another time they talked about Bret Hart. I'm like, holy shit, these guys absolutely like they get it. Like, this is why I like these guys so much. They, this is who they are, and that's that's why they've been my favorite tag team for years. Um, one of the biggest markout moments I've had was when their music uh, went off on that night after WrestleMania uh, for when they debuted because uh, I wasn't. I wasn't really expecting them to go up. I mean, at that time, I just wasn't. I'd, but I've been a fan ever since uh, for for the longest time, and even when they were uh, the mechanics. So it's it's good. I'm really happy they're back, and I loved hearing their music last night. So yeah, I I really think FTR is one of a few teams that I could say are like career tag team wrestling guys. Um, I think the young bucks are up there. I think FTR just these teams that are so closely tied together that I can't see them ever being separate as wrestlers and FTR. Uh, I think in WWE, uh, there were some things that really weren't clicking with them, especially as the revival. And part of that is because they're booking and their stories and whatever, but they really shined in AEW. And I always thought that they were a natural fit for AEW, especially mm -hmm. because of, you know, the professed emphasis on tag team wrestling, all these things, which we've gotten away from, but I think AEW is probably going to get back into that. Uh, I thought they were a natural fit. And so when it was, there was problems happening. You know, Dax on his podcast talked about some of those things. Um, and they didn't know. They, I mean, they said they didn't know if they were going to continue with wrestling. You know, April was the date. You'll know more in April. Um, so this was a, a surprise to me. I guess I guess I got worked. I got worked by Dax in his podcast. Uh, but I'm really happy that they're back. And I think the tag team division in AW really, really needs them especially because a lot of their bigger tag teams are doing stuff in trios. Like the Lucha Bros are in there. Uh, Top Flight, I think, is probably going to stay in there with AR Fox. So this was big. And I was really, uh, one, I was happy to see that the crowd loved it, that the crowd popped big for them. They were excited to see them. And two, uh, 
that FTR looks to be in a spot where they're going to be in AW for a little bit. This isn't just like a comeback for a couple weeks kind of situation. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's great that they're back. And um, (laughs) I, I couldn't help, but just kind of shake my head that the fact that um, Dax was bleeding within two minutes uh, last (laughs) night, I was just like, like it happens, you know, but it's, I mean, the guy has, he was talked about for the longest time about being wrestler of the year for 2022 and um, mm-hmm. things slowed way down after, uh, after the summer it slowed way down for him. Um, it was just, just seeing those guys back was good. And I, there's so many matches that when you were, when you were talking just before, like, I know I, I, they still have a lot of work to do with the young bucks. You know, that, that story is not going to be done forever. They can go on. I still want to see them do some work with the Lucha brothers because I think they could, I know the flip stuff, they're not a big fan of, but they can take it out on them, you know? So, yeah. um, So there's a lot and, you know, they're going to go right into a, right into a feud with the, the guns and then, who knows? They could go right in with the acclaimed. I, I'm guessing the acclaimed's probably going to be right there for them. There's so many different options, and um, that's a good thing about them it's possibly sticking around. I know what the story is going around right now on Twitter, so it's. I'm thinking it's a good thing that uh, obviously, as long as they're happy, that's that's the biggest thing. So, FTR being happy is what I want, and. I'm just glad they're back like you. I yeah. I want those guys on my TV, um, whether it's Ring of Honor, AEW, WWE. I'm I'm happy that they're back. So they need to be on TV. They have they have my favorite theme music right now, so that's even better. So Yeah. Um and I really hope with them being back at AEW, I really want to see Dax do more promos. Because when he was having that run, like you said, where he was in the conversation for wrestler of the year, he's having great singles matches. He was doing good promos and like internet exclusives for AW and things. Um, and I really want to see FTR do more of that. The whole story uh, from la- it was last year uh, with his daughter and how the fight like an eight year old girl stuff like that to me was so genuine. And I really loved it. Uh, I didn't I didn't love the, their opponents. and I didn't love that feud, but I loved that version of Dax. And I hope we get back to that, especially against the guns who are so not genuine and are, you know, that's their character, but they're so um, plastic in that way. So I'm really excited about it. And I, I'm not sure when they're going to do FTR versus the guns. I don't think that's something they would save all the way to double or nothing, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure when they're going to do it, but regardless, I'm excited about it. I think um, with FTR getting, older not that they're old but they're getting older and wrestling historically people retire young um there's a lot of matches that i want to get out of their out of the way first and like you said lucha bros to me is like top of the list i would love this uh we had that match in the pandemic era i think uh, but i would love to see it on a big stage with you know a full-size crowd everything that goes into it i think it'd be a lot of fun so fingers crossed we get it because ftr deserves the world yeah, and I um, I would love to see 
for double or nothing, I would, I, I think somebody said in chat, and maybe you said it, I would love to see, there's plenty of time to do this. I would love to see the Bucks in FTR if they can do it in time, which they, they should. It's what, two and a half months away. So mm-hmm. they, they can definitely make it happen. Uh, the Young Bucks and versus FTR. Let's get that feud going back. Just I, I think that would be a good way to get both teams up. But the other thing too is if you it's one of those things where if the Young Bucks are going for the titles, it, it seems like they they're a team that could use the titles too. It's you know it's hit or miss like with this. I, I'm kind of wanting it's very interesting. The tag titles right now are very interesting with FTR being back and possibly with possibly with um, uh, the elite, maybe possibly being done with the trios. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think they are, um, but we don't know. It, it'll be interesting because if the Young Bucks move back into the tag team situation right now, you have you just added two of the best tag teams in the world back into yeah. the uh, to their tag team uh situation so i mean and it was already good even with those two teams out for a while so it'll be very intriguing to see what they do um and granted they can move some of those teams around move them to ring of honor if they want to uh it's just it's it's very interesting and i'm glad to see that the tag team wrestling might be a focus again in AEW. Yeah, because it did really feel like for a while they moved all these teams to trios and then there was no one to replace them. And then after that tournament, no one moved back to tag, really. So it was it was like a weird situation. Um, But the Young Bucks and FTR being back, I feel like that brings the division back up to where it used to be. The feud would be interesting if, you know, we build that for double or nothing. Uh, the Young Bucks are still baby faces, and so are FTR. So it'd be cool to see the dynamic of that, how they figure that out storyline wise. Um, and I think the 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 match sells itself. I don't think you need to go crazy and like make a crazy story and overbook this whole thing because uh, the feud has been stemming. The feud is longer than AEW. Like it's yeah. it's older than AEW. So it sells itself, and as long as they keep it simple and just let fans you know, engage with it how they want. I think it'll be great. Um, I'm excited to see uh, on Dynamite what kind of promos with the guns and FTR we get. Um, how, how, what, where they build this match for, like uh, when we see it, but also uh, I just want to see the guns get absolutely annihilated. I, <laughs> I get, I, the guns, I'm not the biggest guns fan. Yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of this tag match for Revolution to begin with because you could have just had the acclaimed be champs going into the four way and then have the guns win it at the pay-per-view, but it's fine. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm really excited about FTR. I'm worried about the acclaimed because I don't know where they go from here um, as a tag team, because the other teams in this match, I think were, I don't want to say more disposable, but less um, integral to the tag division than the acclaimed, but I trust the AW will figure it out, especially if FTR and the Young Bucks are back, the division is a priority. I'm optimistic, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be good good stuff. And um looking at I looked at the history between the two and they haven't had a match 
those those four guys have not been in a ring together since December of 2021. So they're they're pretty much due, and they haven't had a singles or a a two on two match since uh, the AEW Rampage in December 8th of 2021. So it's been a while. So I'm it's it's going to be good stuff. So I'm 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 ready. Yeah, I think that's a good segue into trios. Um, this trios match was insane. And I'm almost sad that I feel like the feud is not going to continue. Uh, I really do think the elite are done with trios for the time being because I think there's other things that are more important for them. But seeing Kenny Omega standing across from Buddy Matthews and Malachi and even Brody King, I'm sad that this feud was put together so quickly and we didn't get singles matches or anything like that leading into it. But this match was incredible. And of course the house of black new trios champions, well-deserved. I think Um, I just wish we got more from these two teams before this happened. You know, something just came to me like after, after talking about this is I'm kind of wondering like with, Adam Page winning last night, and he was hinting before that he has some things he needs to go back and do. What if Kenny Omega moves on from the trios and Adam Page maybe gets back with the Young Bucks and there's your trios and um, they maybe feud with House of Black for a while. That way you can keep... F the young bucks out of the tag team picture still for a little bit longer. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm fine with the young bucks, obviously being in the yeah. tag team picture. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just trying to think of like how I'm just thinking out outside the box. Cause I'm wondering how long, if, if Kenny, if they're out, if, if Kenny Omega is done doing the trios thing for now, my thing is you got to put him right back in the title picture. Cause he hasn't, he hasn't had his, he hasn't gone for the title since 2021 when he lost it at full gear. So he's yeah. due. So if you're telling me we're getting Kenny Omega versus MJF at double or nothing. Okay. I'm in, but you know, it's, I'm just curious to see because I'm also, I'm liking how things are maybe, maybe tying together so we could see what could be going on. That, that was just my theory there with, if you're tying like Adam Page Maybe he's talking about Kenny Omega, talking to him about, and the Young Bucks. Maybe it's both. Um, there's there's just a lot going on here. And yeah, I think I think AW is definitely coming back around to the Hangman Elite story. Uh, there's been like little things here and there, and also mm-hmm. Hangman wrestling John Moxley in a death match, and the you know the Omega Moxley feud was so. Uh, was one of like the foundational feuds to AW. So there's like things we can, that they can play off of there. And it would be really interesting if they, if Kenny goes off and does something else and they slot hangman in and the young bucks go back for the trios titles, how that affects Kenny and his relationship with the young bucks and all everything that's going on. And also Adam Cole is back and Adam Cole. Um, he's not wrestling for a couple more weeks still. Uh, Cause he's wrestling the, the night that the uh, reality show premieres. But he's also in the mix and he still has, you know, history with the Young Bucks. That whole thing was never really resolved with uh, him turning on the Young Bucks and then he ended up getting injured. And then 
all of that happened. And now he's a, he's a good guy. He comes back from this injury and he's a good guy. So there's lots of really interesting stuff happening with the elite and like the elite adjacent guys. Um, <laughs> uh, joining us is Kate. Kate was a little bit late, but it's okay. Um, we're just, we're just talking about the elite and trios. So you're just in time. Oh, call me back when we get to talk about the guns retaining. No, I'm just kidding. Do you want to, you can talk about the guns. We'll give you the floor. You can have no. your little rant. <laughs> Let's talk about Buddy Matthews needing people into oblivion. Holy cow. Buddy Matthews. This match to me, I think this really highlighted a lot of his strengths. I think um, the, the build to the Kenny Buddy standoff, I think fans have been, been anticipating that for like years and years and years. And I thought he was really great in this match, especially the... Um, the V trigger to, I think it was Nick Jackson who comes up off the ropes. That was incredible stuff. I was so pleased with Buddy, especially because I I do feel like sometimes he kind of gets lost in the House of Black shuffle. Sure. He's, he's not, he doesn't stand out like Julia and he's not tattooed like, like uh, Malachi and Brody. So he's just kind of there. But no, I really love this match. And we were just kind of talking before you joined about where the elite go from here. So I'll give the floor to Kate so she can fill us in on her thoughts about this match, the House of Black, the Elite. Sure. I thought this match was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the ending of it. You're right about Bud Matthews. I always think about when he was released from WWE, he did an interview with Sean, and he was just so heartbroken and thought that nobody was going to care. And he's so good. Like, he's so, so good. And you're right, he can get lost in the shuffle, I think, because, you know, Malachi's the leader, the mouthpiece, an incredible wrestler on his own, and Brody has such uh, a different and intimidating presence. He's the heavy, he's this huge guy who is uh, not just big in size, but big in in stature and presence and and the Mm -hmm. way he shows up. Um, And he can move, like, pretty damn quick for a guy his size. So, but he's kind of just been somewhere in the middle of that but he's a a damn good wrestler and my favorite part of house of black is there's some kind of crossover i guess between bud matt and malachi and and how they work but all three of them feel so different to me and what their skill set is um and and what they lead with as far as what they contribute in the ring i think is really fun for a trios reign because i want to see them against other trios but like you could also do a singles wrestler goes through these guys kind of thing. And I want to see that singles wrestler test themselves against all three of these guys. Cause they're also different. Like I thought yeah. we were headed there with Miro thought we were headed there with Eddie Kingston for a minute. I think that got rerouted because they're champs now, which is awesome. But when all three of them have something so different to offer when they get in the ring, it's, it, it makes for a really, really interesting combination. Fantastic match. Absolutely. Fantastic match. Um, What's next for the elite is an interesting question because there's a lot of ways they can go, right? Like hangman just finished up his story. I'm in the mode right now and I might just be riding high off of how incredible that match was, but I kind of feel like let hangman be hangman. Like I don't need him really attached to anybody else. The way he performed last night, I'm like, let him just be a single star for a little bit. No more shenanigans with everybody else. I felt like his character needing that win was really special because I think so often it's about like, well, this guy's moving up the card, so he needs the win and Moxley can take the loss or whatever. In this case, it was like, Heyman to me needed to prove to himself 
that he could beat Mox and that depression and anxiety weren't going to get in the way or any of these things, right? Like he needed the win because he hates John Moxley and, and cause he, he had to win that blow off match. Like his, his character needed the W um, and the way it ended. I'm like, I don't want to see any more. Like, is he in the dark order? Isn't he, does he go back to the elite? Doesn't he like, I, I feel like he should do his own thing. So as far as the elite goes, I mean, I'm going to be crying for CMFTR until they tell me it can't happen. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting to because if they're doing Forbidden Door 2, I think maybe it, like if they're not building to a trio's program in a return shot or anything, maybe you have the Young Bucks go back into the tag division. See, uh, FTR is back. So it's like you could set up that third match there. Kenny Omega, if they're going to do a Forbidden Door 2, I'm sure is going to want to get his hands either on Osprey again or somebody. So you're going to want to lead to whatever would be happening with Japan. But if it's trios, gosh, the world is kind of endless. You could have them go to ROH and do some six-man stuff. I don't know. I don't know what's next, but I don't think it's like, uh, oh, crap, I don't know what's next. Like, I feel kind of like with Jade Cargill right now or someone. Like, I, I think it's, um, uh, there's a lot of possibilities kind of thing yeah I, it's real also really interesting because i think kenny omega is in the best shape he's been in in a few years i think he's definitely in the best shape he's been in an aw so uh of course i don't want him to like push himself in the ring too hard because i we don't need to lose kenny omega for nine months again but i think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with kenny um in trios or as a singles wrestler, I think there's a, a lot of fun that can be had. And uh, Rob and I were talking before we went live, uh, watching his interview with Renee on her podcast. He's so mellow now. Like, he's just here to have fun, just do what he wants to do. He doesn't really have that, I want to be the best in the world at everything type of drive anymore. He's just secure in himself and who he is. And so I would like to see him do some fun stuff, whether that's trios, whether it's tag, whatever. Um, I do think AEW is kind of coming back around on the Hangman Elite story. I don't know where it goes. I don't know what the resolution to it is, if there will be a resolution. But I would love to see Hangman and Kenny as singles wrestlers, both kind of in the title mix. Um, maybe not wrestling, but both just being around each other to see how that happens, how with Adam Cole too. Adam Cole is back now. So you have all these all these guys just swirling around MJF who is I I said on Twitter I thought this Iron Man match was the best I've ever seen MJF wrestle. I thought it was incredible stuff. Um so I think AEW is in a really good spot. Like I'm really pleased with AEW coming off this pay-per-view. I feel like it was an extremely well-booked pay-per-view. Some stuff in the women's picture I didn't love. Um, thought the match was great. Jamie Hayter's just incredible. Like, she doesn't she doesn't care, man. She's going to lay her <laughs> stuff in on you real, real hard. I feel like it would have been cooler to have Ruby either turn in the match to kind of cost uh, to, to join the... To, to cost Jamie when she's joining the bad girls, her turning after and being like, well, Jamie pinned me. So I'm joining these other losers. Didn't like make sense to me yeah. or to have Ruby go over there. And then both sides are vying for this woman who stood on her own, trying to get them on their side, leading to what seems like it's going to be blood and guts, right? Like, no, I want the champion on my side. Could be a really, really fun thing. Um, 
And the tag match there was just, to me, not going to be a good outcome of the match itself. Getting FTR back is invaluable. I hope Dax's butt isn't broken anymore. Fingers crossed that he's all healed up. But with the caliber of matches they were wrestling, I'm sure some of this was contract, but some of it was probably they just needed a breather. Like, they were going hard and they have had... I mean, you think of the outside of AEW matches that they had with the Briscoes and um, the Aussie Open and stuff. Like, they were operating at a very high level for a very long time. So them being back is great. Uh, The fact that we got to that four-pack the way they did is there was never going to be something that I was like, oh, awesome. That happened. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, Starks going over was absolutely the right call. Thought the the final burial match was pretty fun, and the main event. To your point, um, everybody will forget between now and the next pay per view that MJF is an absolutely phenomenal wrestler and in ring storyteller. Hopefully, they don't forget after this, but they did after the dog collar match. So I don't <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because he was phenomenal in that too. Uh, but I I do think uh a lot of really good work got done on that pay-per-view yesterday i think it was really really strong and extremely well booked i definitely agree and i want to come back around to your point on the women's match because we haven't touched on that yet i when the story first was introduced when soraya came in and they had you know the five on five standoff i was really excited for it but it does really feel like we've or I don't know, maybe if I'm just bored with it because it's been going on for so long with no progress or if AEW, just the way they're doing it, I don't like. Um, But I think this week on Dynamite and Rampage, AEW has a lot of ground to cover with making me buy into the story. Um, I did think it was interesting that it was uh, Soraya, Tony, and Ruby, and then just Britt and Jamie. There was no one really on their side. So I'm wondering, you know, who they pull in, who they pull in to help them work against these evil outsider women who, <laughs> but I, and I also still don't buy into Britt Baker as a baby face. I think that feud with Jamie is still happening. And I, I hope it that the turn happens during blood and guts, as opposed to the next show when it doesn't mean as much, but I think the fact that all happening is good and it's, fine and i think it'll play out well but the jade cargill situation is such like such a blemish on aew and i just don't know how you solve it because i don't i don't know if they're waiting for chris dad that seems to be like the the accepted thing among people on twitter i have no idea i don't work for AEW. um but if you should chris we're, Dad- we're fightful we get paid from them so oh should, yeah yeah, yeah. You're not getting your checks? Yeah. Well, oh, it must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, okay. I must have got maybe my old address. A little bit. I whined for two years about the women's division, and people are like, A.W. Homer. Like, it's the best. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think part of the, the problem for me with this story is that it feels a little built on a false premise of the... They've defined Outsider as having formerly worked at WWE without saying it, right? Because technically, yeah. like, Sheeta would be an outsider because she worked somewhere beforehand. So if that's their definition of it, I look at that and I go, well, Ruby was released and Tony Storm walked out of the company. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, it doesn't feel like... Um, 
like they had an attachment to the thing that they're kind of defending. It was like Tony Storm was like, Tony Tupac, I'm out of yeah. here. Like, <laughs> yeah. She could have been more happy to get out of there if she tried. Like she walked out on a company she was contracted to. So for me, that's part of it is it's like, well, the common thread that they have together is a little bit loosely held in that regard. Um, and I do, I try to measure beats against like, where we were this time last year with where we are now in the division. I agree that the execution has not been great. There's so much forward momentum with the fact that we're getting a women's blood and guts match essentially. And we're seeing so many more women on television um, that I, I feel like there's a lot of progress. So I, I really want to buy into it, but uh, it is trickier when the execution hasn't been super clean very much still looking forward to eventually getting that. And I agree with you on the Britt Baker stuff. I like the work she's doing, but it does feel like I'm just waiting for you to turn on JB Hater. Wouldn't Alex Pulowski on our select show, of course, because he's just one of the best booking minds that you could possibly be accessing for $5 as a bargain to co-host with him is like incredible. But he had done this idea of like, okay, the numbers are uneven, Britt and Jamie should try and go get Jade. She's homegrown. She's a champion. She's a Damn star. It. That's what Jade I was just no say. <laughs> yeah. It, his whole thing would be like that Jade has no interest in it because what's it going to serve her? Yeah. But mm -hmm. then you have like Ruby or somebody beat her for the TBS title. And now Jade, I mean, three years of her title reign, 53 and one at that point or whatever is down the drain. So now she wants to come into the blood and guts match. And now she wants to wreak havoc. And with someone of her power, she could be chewing yeah. people apart. You resolve everything that's going on with the TBS title. Your numbers are even now. It's like a very, very simple fix, but it does feel like they've invested so much time into this title run. And they just like ran out of an idea. I also liked that idea because a Ruby mid card title run there was such a moment with her and Chris Statlander that if you still wanted to pass it off to Chris, you could get there from there. Like you could have, because Ruby and Chris had that, that match for the Owen where like everybody kind of started to turn on, not really turn on Ruby, but was so impressed by Chris in that moment that she was starting to get booed a little bit or whatever. So yeah. I really liked that from Alex. And I think it, it is tough because it feels like Roman Reigns syndrome. Like it feels like mm -hmm. uh Jade ran through the roster and now what do you do if you're trying to buy this and I mean until the summer like I think Chris is supposed to come back during the summer so yeah Oof. I I just want to add what I would do like I like Alex's thought but what I would do <clears throat> is keep that belt on Jade and then right after blood and guts Jade just gets right in the face of Jamie Hayter and says oh okay like let's go that way it's title versus title and you get that belt on uh Jade and then they can do a tournament for the TBS title. She relinquishes it or something. That's what mm -hmm. I would do. That way she never loses. Go that route. You can have a tournament. You can use it for the Owen if you wanted to. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Owen should be separate, obviously, but I, I'm just, if you want an excuse, you could do that. Sure. That's what, that's just what yeah. I would do. Yeah, I really like that. And I've been kind of disappointed that Jade hasn't been, not even involved, but that she hasn't talked about this feud that's happening in the the world title picture she barely talks about the world title at all she's just tbs champion and she does the same thing every time she's on screen and 
Uh, I did expect so back when it was it was Jade versus Red Velvet. I did think Red Velvet was going to win, and then Jade would move on, and it didn't happen. And now it it's like, it, not that I don't enjoy seeing Jade because I think Jade is a star, and I think she gets better every time she's in the ring. But it's like uh, it's a foregone conclusion that she's going to be anybody in the ring. And now we're bringing in people who are debuting in AEW on Dynamite for the sole purpose of losing to Jade. And now it's like Jade's never on TV anymore. The baddies is like not a thing anymore. The whole thing got dissolved and nothing ever came of it, which is super unfortunate because I really did enjoy that. So I think she's more than ready to be up there with Britt and Jamie and all these people. And I would like to see Sheeta back too. Sheeta got dissed basically publicly embarrassed by Soraya and then just left like gave there was the kendo stick thing and then she's gone so there's like a lot so many loose ends in the women's division to tie up and i think that's why the story itself the outsider versus um homegrown talent thing hasn't been hitting probably as well as it should because there's so many like what ifs and like oh but what about this person what about that so if aw can like connect all the dots and make everything make sense uh whether that's bringing jade into the story or not i think that will get the story back on track and back to when we were all talking about the women's division, how good it was. And like, this is finally the moment. This is finally the moment where the women matter. So there's a lot of ground to cover, but I think the pieces are there. And I do like the Jade idea of bringing Jade in. I think it could be very fun. I think Sheeta, if I, last I remember, she had an injury and was back in Japan. So Mm -hmm. I want her, I would love to see her on the homegrown side, especially. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think it was a finger injury or something. So that's no fun, but there's also X factors, right. Of Layla Hirsch and oh, yes. Rosa and some people that could be hiding in the wing. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes, but I get why you're having trouble buying into it. Like I, I mentioned that the premise was false. I think the spray painting and L on people is a little bit corny other than RJ city who deserved it. That was really fun. <laughs> Um, that was that was great that was fun i liked the pre-show by the way i don't know if you guys talked about it at all but i did i liked it yeah i enjoyed it actually yeah the format i thought was really fun i feel like they should have had a second women's match on it but yeah i I thought it was gangbusters having rj city and renee kind of like live and felt like a red carpet but also wrestling match it was really yeah and i really liked the pre-show because it felt like something completely different from the pay-per-view and i wasn't getting fatigued before the pay-per-view even started like we had the one match but it's not like i'm watching a bunch of matches to lead into a pay-per-view that's going to be hours long where i watch a bunch more matches it was like a nice way to to pace it and i anytime i can get renee on screen is a plus to me she is incredible and you had nobody yelling rubber ducky quack quack or whatever the hell they say so it was good (laughs) i don't know i can never remember what he says but yeah (laughs) So. I, I believe it's a shucky ducky. Oh, whatever. Same. I, I knew it was something wrong, but I'd be like, rubber ducky's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> it is. It is. And truly, rubber duckies do go quack, quack. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess they squeak technically, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys know, but one of the funniest things that ever happened to me on Twitter was someone called me a wannabe Renee Paquette. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Duh. Why like, wouldn't you? Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. I don't know if I could handle. Like watching my husband get stabbed in the forehead with a, like a forks and like bricks and like all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I had the stomach for that, especially if I had a baby with that man. But my goodness, <laughs> I loved how many. The best thing about Twitter last night was how many brick experts we had. Oh, tons of brick, just mason upon mason. Oh upon my god, mason I was like, Twitter. Jesus, people, come on. <laughs> it did. I'll say this. I feel like, well, two things. One, I feel like they saw Swerve be like cinder block, and they were like, "Oh, masonry's in play. Let's go. Let's build yeah. some buildings." <laughs> yeah. But the, for some reason, and I'm I'm certainly not an expert, but the the idea of the bricks being vertical versus horizontal just feels so much more like. it's kind of like when i was saying yesterday like when somebody hits you with a steel chair across the back versus when they stab you with the end of it for some reason it just makes me cringe so much more yep um and it's funny because you probably have more control over that but uh when those bricks went vertical i was like oh no yep (laughs) yep not a fan of it (laughs) i I was i was nervous like it was just like i'm like yeah i even made a comment on the watch along last night i'm like there is no way in hell renee's watching this match right now like there's just no way in hell she could be watching this match <laughs> oh there's just gonna be 
like a decade of John Moxley's career that their kid can't watch until that yeah. kid's in college. But um, <laughs> I hated it, and so I loved it. Like, I can't remember the last time a match made me feel so viscerally uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. the thing that was important to me was that the storytelling was still there. Like, there were some moments that made you squeamish, but these two hated each other and beat the crap out of each other. And the ending sequence was so poetic with the buckshot lariat, the lariat that came in hard, which is what Hangman, of course, got injured on. And then the hangman hanging Moxley to the point where he had to tap out and Mox not looking weak and tapping out because it was like, well, you're going to die or tap out. <laughs> and he yeah. kind of actually even tested it. If you see, he like gasps for air and then taps. I'm like, yeah. can I get, no, uh, it's either yeah, I, I like die it. or I tap. Yeah. So, uh, so I, it was so hard to watch. And I think, it's so important that if wrestlers want to do something in wrestling that's never been done before, and they're both agreeing to the concept, you got to let them do it. This was a Texas death match. I don't know what people were expecting, uh, but this was, this was some of the most uncomfortable and well-executed wrestling that you could watch. But when you watch it, you have to watch it like this. Cause it there, was just like there was yeah. a point with the uh, barbed wire that I thought hangman, I really thought he got sliced like really bad. It just because there was a line, like I just was like, holy crap. I, I was just like really nervous. It just, it turned out it was just a line of blood, but it was just yeah. the way it looked. I was like, if that's what I think it is, they're going to have to stop this match immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, it was just a fork. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just was like, God. And, but no. So. No, I loved this match. I'm I'm not someone who gets super squeamish with blood, so maybe that's why I loved it. But the fork spot, he has him in a triangle choke, and he starts stabbing him, and you could see the blood splattering. I that got me. I I that was a lot, but I I enjoyed it, and I I did, fully did it get you, or did it get you like gasoline wielding bloody Eddie Kingston gets me? You know what I mean? Was it oh, like a oh. <laughs> i miss eddie kingston i wish he was here but that's fine he's he quit he aw yeah he, but he works for now the other part of the company that's fine <laughs> it's, it's totally different he says so it's okay. 99 baby <laughs> but uh the story of this match and the effort that went into it i really really appreciated and i love i love when moxley's in his element you know like he's doing stuff that Moxley loves to do. Um, and I, the only thing that really confused me was when Hangman wrapped himself in barbed wire and did the moonsault. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, what, what was the point of that? But uh, he had a point to it, apparently. I think to the point was uh, because it looked really cool. <laughs> 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 I think that's uh it was I'll say this it was not actually the blood spots that really got me squeamish it was it was some of the brick stuff and when the two chairs were back to back and Mox came oh, down God. I went like this I was so scared that they were gonna do it that he was gonna go down on where, where the two chairs meet I was like you can't do that like, John Moxley's oh. daughter is in the building yeah, <laughs> you cannot was, do that oh I was that that makes me scarier, more scared than anything else, because it's like, no, 
your spine being broken is worse than you getting cut open as long as you're not like literally bleeding out right like that's what's so funny is the stuff that looks the most violent sometimes is like well yeah it hurts but in the long run it scabs over and it heals right like the if you come down spine first on two chairs that are tented into each other (laughs) that makes me way more nervous so yeah it's it's the same thing with the bricks it's of landing flat on a brick that's like you know they're flat on the ground it's the same thing as like falling on the floor but like when they're up like knives you no, <laughs> you cannot do that well, i did think Pulaski, it was oh, sorry oh, go i was ahead. just gonna say Pulaski pointed out too there was a spot where hangman just had the brick in his hand and ran at him and he was like that's probably the most brutal thing they did with the brick in the match and that's insane yeah. though like he's just yeah. coming <laughs> at him full steam ahead with a brick in his hand ready to smash <laughs> it into this guy's head it's like oh my god yeah it's worse than like um you know, putting his hand between it and trying to break it. It's like somebody comes at you full force with a brick in their hand. <laughs> My God. That's scary. Imagine someone running at you in like a bar or an alley and they don't have a knife. They don't have anything, you know, crazy, but it's a brick. That's scary. You're going to hit me in the head with a brick. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> that's crazy. That's just, ugh. I'm still thinking about it. Rob, you I, hated I, it. You couldn't sit through it. Yeah, I it. Uh, there were there some laughs last night when I was just like, oh my god, this is fantastic and fantastic and horrible. I think. Yeah, it was it was so sincerely uncomfortable. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, Great. I don't think either one of them bled as much as MJF did in the main event. He got that, that was a lot. He got a gusher. He did. He was so deep that it was like. You can get a ton of color, but if it's shallow, it'll stop. Or and you can yeah. even in, in WWE they'll they'll glue you shut in the corner and take the camera off you. But they'll they'll literally have someone with like the that like skin glue stuff. Yeah, and they'll yeah. tape you up, and then suddenly you're back to PG rating. When you get one like MJF did, when it's just like a divot in your head, you, there's way less that you can do about it. And those ones scare me more than anything that's like that. Like surface level bright red or whatever when it's just like nope just dripping off your face oh it was it was a I, i don't know if he intended to do it i don't know but that was that was a lot but i think it added to the match i think the iron man match uh was gonna be good because it's mjf and brian danielson and it would take a lot for them to do a bad match like they they would have to try to have a bad match um but I did like seeing MJF really, like, just beat himself up. Like, I really liked seeing MJF tired and, like, worn out because we never get to see that in AW at least because he wrestles, like, once a year, and it's it's always, like, a quick match. So I really did love it. Um, I, but the, And m- maybe I just missed the point of this, but why did MJF keep drinking water? He kept getting new bottles of water, and he kept going. <laughs> what, what was the point of that? I didn't understand it. Was he just thirsty? He I was mean, just really tired. <laughs> Pulowski was saying, and it, it didn't even occur to me. I was just like, of course, again, needs water. Look at this match. Um, I I felt like it was almost to be an exaggerated point of like, not that this ain't shit for Danielson, but Danielson was fine, and MJF like needed all this assistance. He needed the oxygen. He needed his. He'd roll out of the ring occasionally for his breaks, right? So to me, that's what it was. Alex was waiting for it to be in one of the bottles was rubbing alcohol and he goes and sprays it in Danielson's face or whatever like that, yeah. that his way of cheating because Bryce was so good yesterday 
of taking away the belt, taking away the diamond ring, um, would be to have that bottle be some sort of like just a, a swerve, something else is in it. Um, because that's such an easy way to to cheat, but it never got paid off. I think a lot of people were kind of confused by it. Um, I, I actually didn't even pay that much attention to it. I just viewed it as a MJF is being pushed to his limit and he needs all this help. There were multiple times I bit in this match and I was like, I know I'm an optimistic fool for this. I know I am the clown, but there were a couple times where I was like, Danielson is going to go over like some of, some of the ways that this match was architected, I thought was just brilliant. I, there, there was a couple moments and I came into the match thinking that there was a good chance Danielson would go over just because and for me, at least MJF's title run has been like lukewarm and Danielson, people really want to see him be champ. They want to see him succeed. So there were a few times where I really bought into it, but MJF, I think in this match, and I said earlier, I think it's his best performance in AEW and his best performance maybe ever. Um, he did a lot in this match that we've never seen MJF do. He did a, an elbow from the top rope through the announce table. He did like actual chain wrestling with Brian Danielson. So he did a lot and I was really impressed. Um, I don't know where MJF goes from here. Uh, probably Adam Cole, I think. Yeah, probably Adam Cole, which will be a lot of fun. It'll be really interesting. Um, but I really appreciate that AEW trusted Brian Danielson and MJF with an entire hour on pay-per-view. Hour 15. Yeah, and that they they pulled it off. The the finish was a little weird with the draw, and then Tony Schiavone comes down, and like that whole thing happened, and then it's sudden death. That was a little weird, but I don't think it took away from the quality of the match. Like This, to me, is a match that we're going to talk about for a long, long time. Um, Some spots that... Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I was just saying it was... uh... It was fantastic. Uh, uh, you're right. It's a match we'll talk about for a long, long time. It's it started the first 10, 15 minutes started out pretty slow, which I was expecting. Um, mm-hmm. I was really expecting that because because of the timing. And I actually liked the 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 water thing. The how MJF was doing that. I it made sense um, to me and how Brian Danielson wasn't. He didn't need it. I, I really. I caught that too. Um, the only thing that stood out in this match was the, I mean, for as far as the only thing I did not like in this match was the, the uh, kid part, you know, that's the only thing that I did not like. So other than that, it was, I, I love this match. I, from the beginning, MJF coming out with the violins and his devil mask and all this stuff. And Danielson having this, dismissive disposition of it of like mm-hmm. yeah yeah get in the ring and let's fight like he it wasn't even an overwhelmingly demonstrative thing from Danielson but he definitely had this kind of look on his face like I'm ready to fight you like all of this pomp and circumstance didn't mean s to him um really really loved that the spot where MJF was basically crying and Danielson was laughing I thought was awesome I don't know if something shoot got said there or if it was just planned like story, but MJF being almost in tears and Danielson laughing, like I could do this all day. Delicious. Um, I think people have to, I think part of the reason people saw how great MJF was in this is they did a really good job of bringing out every side of MJF. And I feel like that's just 
what Danielson does best. But like yeah. dog collar match I thought was phenomenal, but it was a dog collar match. His match with Darby at full gear a couple years ago is in my top three matches of his of all time. Um, Cause I didn't, I knew him to have chain Russell. I didn't see Darby Allen chain Russell. And there was so much psychological warfare in it. And I thought it brought out a different side of Darby, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. But this, because of the time limit, because of the story, because it showcased just so much more, I feel like you got a full like 360 view of what MJF is capable of. And I'm, I'm really happy about that for him. I had less of a problem with the build than most people because I was like, I didn't really mind the MJF promos. Like I like mm. promos where somebody tells me I behave this way because this thing happened in my life. I like those because they feel origin story to me. And then Danielson was just putting on bangers every week. So I was like, I'm, I'm all right with this. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm good on it. I think as far as stuff like Rob mentioned, like the, the spot with the, with the child and um, you know, some people I think feel like the promo was might've gone a little too far, especially with the one with Takeshita, I think was probably a little not for TV wrestling, especially, but I think that's just something we have to keep in mind that MJF is like 26 years old and he pushes lines in ways that people used to and don't anymore. So it, I, I think, it's going to take some redrawing of those lines because not everything that used to happen works, but he still wants to be pushing forward and be edgy. So I think I, I just have a little more patience. I think what happened with the kid was over the line and I'm sure he did not know it was actually tequila and not water. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure that was also unfortunate circumstance in the process. Um, and, and I, I think, uh, it, it takes a little bit of grace around the fact that he's 26 and kind of figuring out wh- how and where he can push the envelope a little bit. But I thought from, from an in-ring standpoint, wait, like, wait, oh, sorry, it turned out it was alcohol. I think, I think it was, I don't, I, ah. I haven't read any reports on it, but it, it sounded like it was actually tequila in which case good for whatever arena is serving like big gulp tequila. But uh, that's just what I last I had read. I'm not 100% positive. Um, But it it seemed like it would be, which would also, that's like a whole other situation, right? So, um, but but I think there's also like, we have to have some grace around that too, of like, you know, obviously most people would agree that Cornette is too far, right? But he wants to push the envelope. So, where, what, Where's where's the line, guys? Folks, you know, where's, where's the, the line? line? That's so, the cake t-shirt. Where's the line? Where's the line? Max, but I, I think it was a match that he needed. Um, well, because yeah. I think a lot more people feel like you guys do than than I have this whole time. Mm-hmm. This version of him, you heard him in the match just like yelling at Daniel said it. It almost seemed like he was yelling at his dad. Like it's like <laughs> obstinate and i'm like this guy is desperately searching for something like love five stars from Meltzer. i don't know what it is but like yeah yeah. that has been sprinkled in and i something clicked yesterday where i was like holy crap this guy is like you used to have empathy for him because he was over when he got back and now it's almost flipped of like i have empathy for him because like that guy is not like an emotionally well human being. And he'll <laughs> do something dastardly and I'll hate him again, right? So yeah. um I think that uh it, it it was a match that I think 
solidified his reign, but I would say MJF on pay-per-view makes matches feel like pay-per-view matches. The Darby one at full gear, the CM Punk one, this, like all really good stuff. And, he, and the to catch to match and stuff great as well on, on television, but those next level story matches is, is perfectly in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And I also just want to say, this is the first time where, I've really bought into MJF as world champion. I think the CM Punk stuff kind of got him off to like a, a stuttering start. I think that was, there was clearly problems there and that's not MJF's fault. Um, but I love this MJF as opposed to the the scarf and the women and the, the booze and all that, the fake MJF. I love, this is like, I guess it's real MJF. It's MJF um, just sort of being a psychopath and I kind of love it. And I, <laughs> I really did enjoy this match because of that. Danielson was great because Danielson's always great. And that's that, but I don't know. MJF to me really, really shined in this match. And um, there were people who were disappointed because CM Punk didn't show up, but I didn't think CM Punk was ever going to show up, but I, I, I almost feel bad for him because to a certain section of the aw audience now cm punk has overshined him again um so i don't know if cm punk is coming back to aw but if he does i would love to see mjf cm punk again maybe in a cage or something fun but i i don't know where mjf goes as a character from here i expect on dynamite he'll come in he'll have his scarf and his suit and his shoes and his you know his group of women and he'll be back to annoying mjf but these brief moments where he changes i really did like it and his entrance was so good so good and i feel like um i find it more palpable to get that mjf when we get this one because it's just those are all such blatant insecurity things yeah and that feels very real to me of like people don't necessarily going around calling everybody like names the way he does or whatever but like they have they cover up insecurities that he clearly showed yesterday with that type of behavior so for me that's a way easier to kind of stomach when you have things like this that show that and yeah we've barely talked about danielson and he's i mean i, I don't really like iron man matches to be honest but i like a brian danielson iron man match his with hangman was unbelievable this was unbelievable if you can give me an Iron Man match where you have a clock in the corner and I'm not watching it, you're doing something right. Because that that was art yesterday. And I loved the no catch your breath break stuff. That was that made it so much more interesting of just like you're right back on top of it. You're right back on top of it. Um, I, I loved that they didn't have the like built-in breathers that they do in, in some of those formats because it just made it made it feel like another layer of my god brian danielson is just unbelievable and we like i can't believe that we've barely talked about him we're talking about mjf so much and he's just because what the hell do you say at this point guys like (laughs) he's the best yeah this match went by so fast i remember i looked at the clock and it was like 12 minutes left and i was that's incredible and danielson i think is doing some of the best work of his career and it's almost like we just expect it now like we just expect him to be you know stellar in everything he's doing (laughs) of course he was incredible last night in a one-hour iron man match that went an extra 15 minutes like he doesn't need our praise like he knows he's good but i think especially the last 
the last year or so. No, I mean, in AW, he's been great. But it's like that Omega match from 2021. I feel like that uh-huh. really set off, um, really set the standard for Danielson. And I think this was an incredible performance from him as well. I love that he's not fully committed to the, the babyface shtick, that he's not afraid to be, you know, brutal and gory and all the sort of things that you don't really expect from a babyface. I love that about him. I love, and I also love that he's doing creative things like create, not just with the booking of the match, but like creative, um, like grappling stuff that, you know, maybe we don't see a whole lot of in wrestling nowadays and all these sort of things. Like he's really, as much as he's, you know, he's getting older, I feel like he's in his prime. Same with Omega. Like, I feel like they've really, they, maybe they had a retirement or maybe they were out for nine months, but it really does feel like they're both on the rise. Like they're back in great shape, doing great things. And I'm excited about it. I really am. I said the other day, I feel like Danielson is in his prime, but his prime has just been like for two decades. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just insane. And I also just wanted to, so I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'm just so excited. Um, (laughs) Sorry if I'm over talking, but I, uh, the ending of this match, that transition into the LaBelle lock and him surviving at the first go around and eventually tapping, I thought was, was just perfect. Like just perfectly, perfectly done. But you're right. I feel like the Jericho stuff really, that whole like Jericho Blackpool combat club mired mess. I feel like set some Danielson stuff back for me, but I I've loved this version of him. I feel like birdie should get to kick MJF in the nuts. That's my only thing. Only you, thing missing for me. Do you think it was kind of weird that they totally went away from the bullet uh, or bullet club, the the British uh, or Blackpool Combat Club? Jeez, it could be it could be any of those. <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah, it could be all three. Um, but do you think it was weird that they went away from like Danielson being part of that, like during this, or do you think that was probably? I mean, I think it was the right call, but I also think it's maybe now we could see Danielson go back to it. Like this would be the time to do it. Cause all of these guys are just now pissed. They've been losing and like, this would be the best time for them to do it. Like now, if yeah, I, I loved what we were getting out of heel Danielson, I would not be mad if he, because so much of what heel Danielson was doing was just like, Hey, I'm the best ever at this. And you're kind of just like, well, I can't really argue. Um, and I I don't have a problem with the way that this went I just wish there was more clarity around it with Regal exiting like Mm. more justification for why they were operating in different ways um I'm not going to be mad about Eddie Kingston versus Claudio ROH is my favorite program and that's if you hold a grudge against someone for two decades like a relatable and b um I want to see it those are two of my favorite wrestlers wheeler being heel i think he needs because i think he's almost um almost too naturally a baby face or something like almost too like well of course that guy's a face (laughs) like like him he kind of needs that extra edge so for for me that works i would not be mad if danielson went heel after this at all um i think it was the right call for this match because when MJF won, I think there was kind of some danger of him being a face because people were genuinely excited for him. And it's like, well, 
nobody wants to see Brian Danielson lose the world title and everybody wants to root for that guy. So I, I think this was right for the circumstances it was under, but I was loving heel Danielson in the beginning. Um, so that's, that's super fun. Yeah. And I do think the whole relationship between Danielson and the Blackpool combat club, especially since Regal left, it's been weird. Like he's there, but he's not there. It's like every time we see the Blackpool combat club, it's Moxley and Yuta and Claudio. So it's been a little weird. Um, but like, I, I do agree. Yuta reminds me of like a boy scout, like <laughs> and it, it's the haircut and it's like the way he walks. And he's just like, he's just like a teacher's pet. Like he's, he's just annoyingly good. So I think, you know, I think him being a heel would be a lot of fun. And I, I would love to see Danielson and Moxley maybe run something back in a feud. Like, I don't know how you would work that, but I always thought that their feud was really good. And I really liked their match they had uh, when Regal came in. And I would like to see that again. I think that they have great chemistry in the ring. And I, I think I, I wouldn't do a death match with Danielson, but maybe, maybe like a long singles match that's like, sort of brutal and violent would be a lot of fun. And I think Danielson is in the right spot coming out of this Iron Man match and wrestling every week where I think fans would really, really like it. I don't know. Have I guess there's something with them. Have we just accepted that, that John Moxley views this as vacation and he's not going anywhere. Like just we as a society <laughs> yeah. have accepted that for him vacation is like putting someone's hand between two bricks and stomping on it. Well, like is that, Somebody made it sound like, well, maybe he did go on his vacation because there was a period of time where, like, there was, I think, three weeks where he was, like, basically he... His concussion, right? Yeah. They basically made it sound like maybe that's when he, like, he took his time. So, who knows? But his wife's there. I'm like... yeah. Maybe that maybe that's why he, that maybe that was yeah, maybe that's why it was like <laughs> taking a moment. Or Renee was like, "You go home and watch the kid. I'm going to work." Yeah. Uh, but I, Kylie, you're you're 100 right, and that was one of the most interesting things I feel like they've done in AEW was that storyline of like, do they hate each other? Do they hate each other but respect each other? Or are they going to be on the same side? The way that match got set up on Rampage with Danielson like coming through. Not the crowd, but like under the tunnel and his white t-shirt, like coming out to confront. I think that was that was coming out to confront Mox. Like that was such an awesome, awesome, awesomely like just hot story. The the word Moxley is done. I mean, this, this Hangman story was amazing. His title stuff was great. Like it's just, uh, what a we talk about like the pillars of the company or whatever, but mm-hmm. like a, a, tr- a pillar of the company, John Moxley, like really, really grew into this past run. John Moxley. I feel like if you take his career in AW as a whole and his catalog of matches, I don't, there's few people that I would say have been better. And he's been so important to AEW, whether he's champ or not champ, he's like so reliable and fans are so reliably into him that AW really like hit a gold mine with Moxley. Like it's it really the way that things worked out with him being able to leave WWE and debut shortly after and like all the hype that went into it. They really lucked out with that. John Moxley is just a gem and he's a gem of a human being too. Yeah. I just I love that man and I love Renee too, of course. I love them both. Um but I don't know, Blackpool Combat Club. It's are they trios? Are they are they not trios? Are they tag team? Like, what are they doing? They need direction. And I think Danielson, <laughs> I think Danielson, like, going back to it would be 
fun. I just don't, I don't know. I just want to see Danielson versus Christian Cage. <laughs> like that's my secret like dream. Is it really? Yeah. I love that. I just I love, love Christian. I love We're, Christian. I, I just an un, underrated heel run from him in my opinion, largely because you had Punk and Cole and Danielson come in yeah. after him. And I think people were thinking like the way Tony Khan hyped Christian up that that was going to be Punk. Um, he has done, I keep saying like, he has drawn the lines of being a heel, like from the most fundamental ABC heel work in the world. And just letting like that get shaded in with colors from, from the story they're telling unbelievably well. I do never want to hear like anybody talk about, Luke Perry again. No offense to Luke Perry or Jungle Boy or what that means, but like, yeah, we we talked about it a lot. That's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel the same way about the uh, like with Dusty Rhodes. Like, I I absolutely love Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Everybody's got I, I daddy do. issues. Ryan Sullivan yeah, was saying that, but before. I like that's the thing. I I always love Dusty Rhodes, but it's it's like, come on, how like, and also, yeah, yeah, it's what on. else about you, Cody, you or what else, else about you, Jungle <laughs> like, Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Just no, I. Yeah, and I. It's almost like if you have a, either a famous dad or a dead dad, they're gonna follow you around your entire career for whatever reason. It's like famous it's and dead. Forget about it. Yeah. No, you're yeah. Just... And it's like if if everyone is mean to Jungle Boy because his dad, then it's like it does. Is it really an insult at that point? Like Jungle Boy's just used to it at that. Like he's just like, yeah, you're gonna say something about my dad, and then we're gonna fight, and then we move on. So no more dad stuff. No more. I, I don't, I don't know of what Cody's dad situation is. He's, he's a dad. And so he talks about his daughter all the time and his wife, but then he's also has a famous dad and it's, he has daddy issues. Cody Rhodes is the epitome of daddy issues, but Christian, I don't know what he does from here. I love him wrestling in a turtleneck though. I hope that stays. <laughs> I love Christian. I, I really like Christian too. And um, I I feel like part of why I got fatigued by all of the Luke Perry promos, and I also was kind of of the mindset. I I really liked the match we got, and I'm glad they blew off the story. But I was kind of like, we had a stipulation match for this same feud last pay per view cycle. Like I know it was with yeah. Luchasaurus, but it was the same story. So I I think I had gotten a little fatigued on it. But I the match itself I thought was was really good and I'm glad it's resolved and, and they can move on to stuff. Um, if I may ask you, Kylie, yeah, I'm going to ask some of the questions here. Okay. And I'm curious. I'm very curious about Rob sauce on this too. Cause I, I like his booking brain a lot. Um, jungle boy wants a shot at some level of gold. I feel like orange Cassidy drops to Miro and Miro has another awesome reign but with the Atlantic championship. And I feel like jungle boy for his entire career in AEW should be like the one guy that's smaller that gets under Miro's skin. Like maybe jungle boy takes it from Miro. And because he's just so quick and athletic and can do such interesting stuff in the ring. Like it's just the, I, I feel like there's gotta be one smaller guy that Miro just loses his mind that he can't smush like a bug on a windshield. I feel like Jungle Boy being in that role of like, you just, you can't catch me, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> such a fun, fun idea. But where do you think Jungle Boy goes? What are you thinking about this this TNT title? Unless you already talked about it. And I, I was. No, like, we haven't talked about it. <laughs> um, 
The TNT title picture is, I'm so confused by it. Because, okay, so Wardlow's champ now, but then Hobbs, who's been built up, has a title shot in a few days. So it's like, it's the TNT title picture is so weird to me. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where they're going. Um, so that's just like, that's in its own corner of AEW. Like, that's not connected to anything else. I do love your idea with Jungle Boy and Miro, though. Because I think Jungle Boy really needs, coming out of the Christian thing, and I guess he's not reuniting with Luchasaurus, he really needs something that establishes who he is. Because now he's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He's not even just Jungle Boy anymore. And he wears a leather jacket now. And he's like, cool. He's a a man. He's a man. He's Jungle Man. Jungle Man. So he needs to really establish himself and who he is. And I think a feud with Miro or or anyone, like even for the TNT title, you know, Wardlow or Hobbs, either one of them. I think like there's a lot of room for him to really do that because I think Darby has been secure in his spot and like his character and who he is and what he does. MJF is world champion. Sammy is doing Sammy Guevara stuff in the Jericho world. We don't even want to talk about that. Um, but but it's like Jungle Boy has been kind of floating. Like the Luchasaurus Jurassic Express like breakup. I was into it mainly for evil Luchasaurus and Christian. But then that, it kind of like fell apart. And it was, I don't think that it really helped Jungle Boy all that much. I think this match with Christian, he has a lot of momentum. Um, especially because of how violent Christian was. And Jungle Boy still came out on top. So I would love to see him do something like that, especially with a guy like Miro, who fans have a lot of stock in and who who they think really deserves a lot. I would love to see that. So Rob, what did, what do you, what do you think of my Miro jungle boy idea? I, I, uh, or have we just gotten so excited about Miro too many times? I see. That's the thing. I'm a huge Miro fan. So I don't like seeing somebody who's like small, just getting past him. Like that's the thing, but he could do it. Like he could, yeah. he could make him look good. I know he could. So that's the thing. Like, from a work standpoint, I know Miro could absolutely make Jack Perry look great. Um, and he would be a good one to do it. So, I, I could see that. I could see that happening if that's how they want to bring him back, um, into that picture. Um, Otherwise, I could see. I mean, that's the thing that that all Atlantic title. I don't know. You don't want to put because you have Hobbs and Wardlow doing the TNT title right now, um, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that feud is going to start, and I think that's going to probably be a match until I think those two are going to feud until. Uh, double or nothing, I think, because I think Wardlow versus MJF is going to be the main event at at uh, All Out. Is what I think it's going to be. That's just my opinion. I could be completely way off, but that's that's my opinion. Um, I like your idea. I don't know if it'll be Wardlow though. So, or not not Wardlow, uh, Miro. I I just I don't know if it'd be Miro, but I I do like the idea where Jack Perry gets past one person um i uh, think um i and i I really liked this orange cassidy title reign i think it might be time to wind it down and i just feel like meryl coming back to destroy orange cassidy would be such a great heat spot yeah and i could see that though i mean they're they're 
they're starting to uh, show signs of a potential best friend's heel turn. Um, I could see that, like Orange, uh, where they cost Orange Cassidy the title, or maybe not help him. Miro doesn't need the help, obviously, but um, he could just absolutely just destroy Danhausen, and they just kind of walk away from it. And sure. it's just Orange Cassidy and Danhausen working together, and just do certain things like that. But um, I've been saying for years, an Orange Cassidy heel turn, I think, would be incredible. Because being an apathetic dick is like such a powerful <laughs> thing. And you're yeah. just taking the same trait and turning it from something comedy into something. So basically, he just gets on his Twitter account now. That's all. No. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. So. But I'll, I had the, the thought that with Starks coming out of Jericho, I like, I like the idea of Hobbs winning on Wednesday and Starks and him finally getting to resolve their feud, like in a prominent way and then of course Pulaski threw another wrinkle out and was like yeah and then Samoa Joe costs them and then Wardlow and Samoa Joe go fight for the ROH title and you kind of have ROH like Wardlow and ROH until I think logically you got to heat them back up for MJF at some point right like there's yeah. so much venom there that you can yeah. tap into for a Wardlow ROH or a Wardlow MJF title feud and that I don't even think has to be one because Warlow's so over like that could be a non-pay-per-view St. Patrick's Day slam or Quake by the Lake or whatever like a, a, a special oh, Quake by the Lake would be great because that'd be here in Minnesota and, there you go. and Maggie, Maggie would absolutely lose her shit so yeah let's do that <laughs> I want that I love that, idea. that would be fantastic <laughs> That's what I want. Let's go that route. Mm -hmm. I agree with I agree with Kate. Let's go. Because I don't know where you go. If Wardlow just beats Hobbs, that's fine. But I think um, where do you go with Wardlow if Hobbs wins? And why do you give Wardlow the title mm -hmm. unless Samojo is going to cost him? Um, Which that could happen. But I too. can't. I can't keep up with these fantasy yeah. booking kids, man. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, some it's... people map stuff out to like. My brain. And I'm sorry to think Tony Khan's mapping this stuff out for a while. So I'm hoping so because it, it felt like he was for a long time, and then things got smooshed, and now I think they're getting unsmooshed. <laughs> I love the smooshed. Things got smooshed. Smooshed. <laughs> <laughs> like Roosh, but smooshed. Yeah. Oh, Roosh. Roosh versus Jungle Boy. You could do that. That'd be fun. That'd be gangbusters. I'm wondering. I'm. I'm very intrigued to see two things. Okay. Who are your trios and who are your tag teams? And who is, and I don't think we get this answer until after Supercard. Who is your ROH roster and who is your AEW roster and who's floating or how clear those lines are? Because yeah. I long felt that the Elite and Punk being out and ROH titles being on television was really tough for the <laughs> AEW product. And as soon as those things got cleared, I feel like things got way better and more on track. Um, but now there's kind of like these dangling participles of like, okay, you have trios titles, but like top flight and air Fox are a trio, even though they don't have like a cool trio name. Right. So like who, who's in what divisions and who is on ROH and who is in AEW. I'm very intrigued to see. Cause like, I feel like the fact that Ethan page is not on television is a crime, but like mm -hmm. Ethan page versus Eddie Kingston for the ROH title or Ethan page versus, Claudio for the ROH title has my attention immediately, right? So yeah, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued. 
I'm intrigued to see what shakes out. Yeah, yeah. I think I think AEW and Ring of Honor are like in such a good spot just because they can bring guys in and out. And I think uh, whether a guy goes from AEW to Ring of Honor or the other way, I think fans would be super into that, especially if it's a surprise. So I think if Tony Khan plays his cards right, this relationship with separate rosters but movement could be a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm you know just to wrap it up because <laughs> we're coming up on an hour and a half. Um, after this pay-per-view, I think this is one of my favorite AW pay-per-views. Uh, I don't think it's like the best one of all time, but I'm so, it's just such a relief. It's like, this is AEW to me and coming out of it. I'm like, finally, we're back on track with AEW and doing things that I think got AEW popular in the first place. So it's definitely, I'm just so pleased. I am just, <laughs> I'm just FTR is back. House of Black or Trios champions. The, there's actual stories in the women's division. Yeah. I'm I love it. Definitely feels like they're back to their roots. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I like that. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I they're they're on the right path, I think mm-hmm. now. Um I didn't like the build for this pay-per-view, but it was one of those things where they kind of had that wwe type thing where they i didn't like the build towards a lot of the wwe pay-per-views but they put on a hell of a show so yeah um now they can fix it um so let's see them fix it and i think they're i think they're on their way so i there's there's i see the i see the light at the end of the tunnel is the best way to put it i think um is the best way to put it there i definitely agree So I think we just about covered everything from Revolution. It was absolute. It was a marathon of a pay per view, but I think AW really needed it, and I'm I'm just so happy about it. So I guess you guys can just do your plugs. What do you got going on that you want to talk about? Uh, well, I I got nothing. Um. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah, no, no, I just was like, <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Uh, you can follow me at Rob Wilkins on Twitter. Otherwise, I do have an Instagram at Fightful Rob. Every Friday at three o'clock, I host a great show called Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. We have a good time. And we, at five o'clock Eastern, we have a show called Coexisting After Dark. Our guest this week was none other than, the, whoops, there she is, that young <laughs> lady, uh, Kate. It's on Fightful Select. Check it out. And then uh, I do. I have some work on Fightful.com that you can read. And otherwise, I'm on Twitter doing stuff there, trying to stay out of trouble. I do pretty good at that. But other than that, yeah, just kind of having fun, sitting back, relaxing. I'm going to go see Creed 3 here in a few minutes. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. Jealous. <laughs> yeah. Under thanks. salesman of the year. Rob does so much on this channel. I know. <laughs> he you. like ran the he does the, all the pre-shows for your pay-per-views if you want to oh yeah check out the pre-shows. oh yeah i forgot, I forgot about I, that. yeah i forgot about that like i do that and <laughs> like i like maggie, maggie even told me friday she's like you gotta promote the pre-show i'm like yeah crap i forget like, that's i do that all the time but also yeah. do, you like hosting the watch alongs now you're doing so much helping out with wrestling perspectives which is super cool um I need like Excalibur lung capacity at this point for my plug. So I'm going to do my best, but <laughs> Mondays I'm doing this show today, but I'm also doing the uh, raw Fightful select sour graphs post show Tuesdays. I'm doing sour graphs NXT post show on the main channels Wednesday, talking all things all elite at the Mark order podcast Thursdays. Now 
I get to do the ROH post show. And we're doing a dual stream where we're going to review ROH in like an hour, an hour 10, and then just hand it over to Cresta and Joel. So it's going to be cool. We're going to have kind of like a, a passing of the baton, which will be really fun. Fridays, AW Rampage and SmackDown post show on Fightful and Excite Wrestling commentary. An absolute blast. The stream of which will be going up on uh, March 25th. There's a punk ass who took the title, but you can listen to me bury him. And you can also listen to me say, folks, where's the lie? As Bobby Fish wrestled at that show as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the Bobby Fish thing. The, Kate has well, Kate and Rob do so much and you guys should go if you're not already which I don't know why you wouldn't be go watch everything they're doing because these are oh. two of my favorite people probably ever uh, now I have the, the Fightful Overbooked plug so this is Fightful Overbooked subscribe to Fightful Overbooked there are God, so I didn't many- mention the show I do with Joel on Overbooked <laughs> so, oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah. it's canceled oh, now no. You're you're kicked out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't I mean, tell on me. Mm. Can't call it in the ring. I'm the channel that we're on. Oh, oh no! I'm such a small human. That'll be our secret. No one tell Joel. <laughs> that's a I, that's a game I play already. Don't tell Joel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Joel's pretty forgettable. Yeah. So sorry, I can't believe I forgot that. If I pull overbook, plug the channel. Uh, this is Fightful Overbooked. Subscribe. There's so many good wrestling shows on Fightful Overbooked, but there's non-wrestling stuff too. There's a lot of great people here, like Joel, who, <laughs> who will not find out that we forgot about him. Um, like this video. If you're watching it after we go live, welcome. Comment below. I still want to know all your thoughts about anything we talked about, anything about AEW, Revolution. I'm still interested to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for joining us. If you did join us live... Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. It's right there. I post everything I'm doing there um, and also some other stuff. I live tweet things. I do a lot of fun things. And this is Tag Talk. We're live every Monday at 3 p.m. This is our special guest series. I have a co-host, Haley, who is um, on a hiatus. So every week I'm having a special guest. This week I had Rob and Kate, of course. Uh, I've had, I have some fun guests coming up and I had some fun guests in the past. So go check out those episodes. I think I checked all the boxes. Fightful Overbooked, me, Tag Talk. Yes, I did. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.